If you're looking for a podcast to give you recipes for your holiday figgy pudding. Oh, actually, I know some some um, podcasts and websites that would do just that uh-huh. because, you know, where I used to work and all. That's true. That is true. That is true. And, you know, pudding in Britain is actually what we call cake. Um, yeah. So what was, what would be what they would call fruit cake? Is that figgy pudding? Well, no, it wouldn't be figgy pudding. figs be, aren't fruit pudding. It would probably be what most people in America call it, which Bricks. is in the, in the trash. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but this is not that podcast. No. This is, however, comedy. Tragedy. Marriage. Welcome to Comedy Tragedy Marriage, a podcast where a married couple each week sits down, taking turns, selecting a movie, TV show, or documentary to watch. We watch it together, and then we share our discussion of said documentary, film, or television show with you about why we either like it, love it, or loathe it. I am Stan the Movie Man. I review films at StanTheMovieMan.com. My latest review is for the holiday action comedy Violent Night. Uh, you can find that, as I said, at StanTheMovieMan.com. It'll be the review that's on the top. It, it was tender and sweet and sentimental, wasn't it? And gory it? and violent and disgusting. All the things the, we love this time the, of year. All the best things about a holiday film. Usually happens at holiday dinner. Yes. Uh, well, yeah, you would be so lucky to have such an entertaining holiday dinner. Mm-hmm. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Movie Man Stan. You can follow the podcast at CT Marriage. You can send us an email, comedy tragedy marriage at gmail.com. And you can get in touch with us by leaving us a voice message by clicking the link in the description of this episode. Joining me, as always, is my 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 dollop of Christmas cheer. Mm-hmm. My other half. Maud the Spirited Broad. Oh, well, yes. And it was my choice this week as we continue our holiday movie series. It was. And this week, we watch the Apple TV Plus film, Spirited. Hence the Spirited Broad. See what I did there? It is a take on uh, the uh, Christmas Carol, um, of course, written by um, uh, Charles Charles Dickens. Dickens. You were having a moment there, right? Uh, yes, it, I, Clarence Darrow popped up in my head for some reason. Well, CD. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it stars Will Ferrell, Ryan Reynolds, Octavia Spencer, Sunita Mani, uh, Patrick Page, Marlo Barkley, uh, along with uh, Tracy Morgan as the voice of the ghost of Christmas yet to come. His body is played by Lauren G. Woods, who looks like he's about seven feet tall. Um, I don't really know anything about Mr. Woods, but... Doug Jones would have been an, also a good pick for that. Yeah, they would have. tall and, you know, lanky. lanky and, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, that's just some of the cast. It is the story. It's, it's a take on A Christmas Carol in that the ghosts of past, present, and future Christmas uh, work for an organization that is in the afterlife. Um, and they uh, research and meticulously plan the various uh, looks into the past uh, and the events from the present, uh, and of course, inevitably, the uh, scary part of the future where the person that they are trying to redeem uh, usually ends up dying. Um, and hated. And dying, disliked. Dying and hated. Yes. Um, and uh, Will Ferrell plays the ghost of Christmas present. Um, He is uh, researching next year's subject, and they have his boss, who is Jacob Marley, uh, uh, from from the story, uh, played by Patrick Page. He uh, has a guy picked out. He's a hotel manager and who is a terrible human being, but while they are researching that hotel manager, they see uh, another guy, uh, played, uh, made, named Clint Briggs, who is played by Ryan Reynolds. Ren- uh, Briggs is 
a spin doctor, a public relations guy, a, a guy who digs up dirt on um, whoever um, his clients hire him to dig up dirt on, whether that's a uh, somebody in a business dispute or a political candidate or whatever. He's a horrible human being who uh, has gotten rich off of sowing dissent via social media. For instance, uh, the first time we uh, meet Clint Briggs, he is doing a presentation for the um, natural Christmas tree growers, and he ha he suggests that they uh, put out they hire him to put out, well, he's already been hired, that's why he's there doing the speech, but he's going to put out disinformation about artificial Christmas trees, how it is uh, unchristmas like it is an assault on Christmas, uh, it's, it's a war on Christmas. Bad for the planet. Bad for the planet, uh, toxic emissions, blah, 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 and uh, he he is such a persuasive a presenter that the entire group of people um, just explode into uh, applause and they're almost whipped into a frenzy. They're going to go out and, you know, riot or something. It's like religious fervor. Yes. Um, and when uh, the Ghost of Christmas Present sees that, he begs Marley to let them go after this guy. But Marley shows him a, uh, a file, the, the Clint Briggs file, um, that says he is unredeemable. And as you pointed out on several occasions during the movie, that word is wrong. Well, it's, I mean, it's, I looked it up and it does exist, mm -hmm. but the preferable word would be irredeemable. Right. Um, because I'm a something of a grammar scrooge. And after the third time of you saying that, I said, it's a movie. Let it go. Uh, That's another movie. Yeah. Let it go. Let it go. Well, actually, it's a song in a movie, Frozen. Yeah. Yeah. Which I may make you watch because that is, it's a really good movie. Okay. It's um, got some really good songs in it. How um, Will Ferrell's Christmas Present Ghosts sees... Um, Clint Briggs is because Mr. Briggs is doing a presentation mm -hmm. at the hotel where Marley's hotel manager right. um, is. Mm -hmm. So that's how they cross paths to begin with. Right. It's not like he just, you know, sees this guy at random. Right. They're, they're scoping out the hotel sitch mm -hmm. and um, in the process of scoping out the hotel sitch, they stumble in this conference room and it's like, oh no, we need we need to fix this guy. This guy's way worse than your hotel manager. Now, uh, at Clint Briggs' firm, uh, he has an executive vice president who is his uh, main researcher and assistant, Kimberly, played by Octavia Spencer. Uh, when the ghosts go to uh, Clint Briggs' office and uh, the Ghost of Christmas Present sees Kimberly, he is immediately smitten. Um, and he sees that she is very unhappy in her job because Briggs' niece, uh, who is the daughter of his late sister, who is being raised by his brother, um, Owen, Owen, uh, he is going to work, she's running for um, uh, class president. Yeah. And and the other guy is more popular. The guy she's running against is more popular and, and ha, you know, has more friends at the school and uh, more of a social media presence. And um, so Briggs tells Kimberly to dig up some dirt on this kid. He's like 12. Yeah. It's like, I'm digging up dirt on a middle schooler. I'm yes. digging up dirt on a child. Yes. And she is disgusted by it, but in the end, she does it, and she actually finds some dirt. Won't go into that. Um, middle schooler dirt, but still. Yes. Um, and she, all of a sudden, sees the ghost of Christmas present. 
He sh she shouldn't be able to. Because he's a ghost. Because he's a ghost. But because of the way Christmas Present feels about Kimberly, his feelings have caused him to be visible to her. Uh, he is so Twitter-pated. It's he, so cute. He is He is quite smitten. Uh, the, the story goes on with uh, their efforts to uh, redeem Clint um, and how Clint fights it every step of the way and even turns it around on uh, Christmas present and uh, causes him to do things that violate the rules of the job. And Marley is quite upset with him and orders him to stay on script. Um, and then we learn a, a secret, which I'm not going to reveal. About, no, we don't want to spoil. No. The, uh, the Ghost of Christmas Present. But it's very cool. It's very, very good. And um, throughout the story, you know, we have these songs and dance numbers uh, sprinkled throughout, probably for me, the uh, most memorable one is the one that gets brought back a few times called The View From Here. Yeah, that's like the overarching theme, if there is one. Kimberly uh, sings that as she's sitting at her desk on the 39th floor, I believe this is where she says she is. And she has this view of the city, which I think is supposed to be Manhattan, but was in fact Boston. Or was probably more like CG. Um, they did do some filming in Boston, but they also mm -hmm. filmed a lot of it, I think, in Montreal or Ottawa. I forget which. Anyway, uh, but she's, she sings about the view from here, and it's her lament about what she's given up to be successful, which is in part her humanity. Yeah. Um, now, the, and the rest of the story is just them trying trying to get Clint to reform. Well, and Clint trying to get Christmas present to... To, ad, to admit to something. Yes. Um, to admit to a couple of some things, actually. Yes, like, yes. Like, you so are digging on my executive VP and... Oh, uh, something I forgot. Um, Christmas present has been eligible to retire for 46 years 46 years and what retiring for these ghosts is is they're allowed to go back to earth and live out their natural lives and they do it in the present they don't go back to when they were alive yeah not their time frame which they he probably would have been burned at the stake as a, as a witch but they they go back to earth at the current time uh, and can live out their 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 lives as a human and try to you know live a good life and be happy so but he's fighting that all the way he just feels like he there's more he can do there for every person they redeem it causes ripples in humanity and those ripples he's he's never sure he's created enough, enough ripples. ripples yeah and he uh, you know he he's concerned that he's not done enough the whole ripple thing is another really cool um production number yes um now as we were watching this i think we paused it to for a bathroom break or to get something else to drink or i forget which all of the above probably and you said to me, you are enjoying this entirely too much. Something like that, well, yeah. Something along that yeah. line. And I said, yeah, I am. It's funny. I like the songs. The songs are actually very entertaining. And the, the, the dance numbers aren't, you know, granted... Will Ferrell and and um, uh, Re uh, Brian Reynolds. Reynolds are not doing the hardest parts of the dance numbers. They get cut away from a lot, and the actual dancers are the ones who do most of the work. But even the stuff that they are shown in, they did a really good job. Well, yeah. And 
I know some people don't like the idea of music just being dropped into a, a, a movie and then nobody references the fact that everybody's just broken out into song. However, somebody does reference people breaking out into song. Marley, at least I think three times, hmm. says, do we need another production number? Uh, we, yeah. You, you don't need another song right now. Oh, all right. And, uh, you know, it's, it references itself in that way. It's, it's tongue-in-cheek. Yes. And there are some, some interesting cameos in, <laughs> in the movie. Yeah. Um, we, we get Dame Judi Dench, who just walks through a scene and has a line, and yeah. that's it. Um, she's she like ten seconds max, oh, more like five, even, more like three, and Jimmy Fallon uh, is shown. His cameo's great. Yeah, it, it uh, was so fun. Uh, he he, uh, they show him as Jimmy Fallon mm -hmm. doing uh, doing his monologue, which is in part has jokes in it because of this the presentation that Clint gave at the Tree Growers Association. Mm -hmm. um, and it, I can't really explain why I like this movie so much, but I just do. Uh, it, is, um, it is goofy, and, um, you know, there are inside jokes. For instance, uh, Clint has a costume party and there's somebody there dressed as an elf and mm -hmm. and uh christmas present says you look stupid <laughs> well of course that is a reference to will ferrell playing, playing buddy, elf, the, elf. buddy yeah. the elf uh which also was a part of their promotional campaign because if you saw any of the uh little quick promos that they did I, I saw all of mine on on Twitter they released some videos when they were you know a month out or more from 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 it releasing and and he said everybody uh, Ryan Reynolds said everybody's gonna hate us because this isn't an elf sequel mm. you know I'm contractually obligated to tell you this is not an elf sequel you know that yeah. you can find that stuff on Twitter, probably YouTube, but um, the way this whole movie was marketed made me want to watch it. The idea that it was a Christmas Carol from this perspective, from mm -hmm. like the other side of the afterlife, was I found to be very interesting. Uh, I enjoyed the little twists and turns the the story te uh, took as it went through, and. I just loved it from start to finish. Now, it is a little too long. There's maybe one big production number too many in there. Um, but... The musician in me disdains <laughs> the non-musician in you. Namaste. No. Uh, but it... It just, you know, some... You know, it just felt like it might have been just a skosh overstuffed with... Uh, production numbers but beside aside despite that the production numbers are so well done the dancing the choreography the and even the non-dancers of uh, Ryan Reynolds and Will Ferrell they just I thought did a terrific job all the way through start to finish and I enjoyed the music a lot because we watched a very old version of A Christmas Carol mm -hmm. that was like, it looked like it was a TV episode of one of those dramas back in the early days of television that had a lot of music in it. And those songs were abhorrent. Are you talking about the one from 1935? I, I don't remember what year it was from, but it was, it was, uh, it was the one that Basil Rathbone was um, uh, Marley. 
Yeah, I think that was the one from 1935. Okay, um, yeah. well, then it wasn't from the early days of TV. No. It's, it was a theatrical release that was only about an hour and change long. Yeah, it was shorter. But they, those songs were so repetitive. And they the, were, the they Tiny were... Tim song, which he sings two very long songs, they, they cut out a lot of story that could have yeah. been, could have used that time. Um, to to, to do the, the stuff, story out to do more. the stuff that they didn't do because they had to cut stuff for the music, um, and the very end. Who was the actor who played Scrooge? Oh, if you hadn't asked me, I could have told you. Well, don't worry about it. Uh, no, I'm I mean not, he. I want to know now. He's a a very you know Seymour well, Hicks. No, not no. That wasn't Seymour Hicks. Then we must not be thinking about the same movie. Uh, no, this was uh, this was a very famous American actor. Um, but anyway, he he was playing Ebenezer Scrooge, and while Tiny Tim is singing yet another song at the end of the movie, it's just a shot of him, and he's looking quizzically and smiling, and it goes on for so long. Uh, it's, it gets uncomfortable. No, not that guy. Okay, well, then, which one did we watch? We, I, well, I think we watched one from the 40s uh, that was on television. Um, I don't know where you found it, because you found it, and you had started watching it, and I think I came home, or I came downstairs, and then you, you, you wound it back, and we started it again. But I it, thought that was this one. No. No. This was, I think, from 45, maybe. Um, but it doesn't matter. That version, I don't like at all. Because the music is so bad. But this one was amazing. So, tell me. What did you think of Spirited? Well, I think that we should probably take a break. And discuss that when we come back, don't you? Okay, we can, if you want to. Okay. All right, we're going to take a break, because apparently we need a little rest. And we will come back with more discussion of Spirited right after this. Welcome back to Comedy Tragedy Marriage. We figured a few things out. We did. Um, the version of Christmas Carol um, that Stan made reference to that I completely spaced on um, was originally broadcast on December 23rd, 1954. Um, it was an episode of the hour-long TV anthology series called Shower of Stars. Um, it starred Frederick March. Who was playing Ebenezer who Scrooge. Who was Scrooge. Um, Basil Rathbone was Marley's ghost. Um, Ray Middleton as Fred and the ghost of Christmas Present. Mm -hmm. We did a little bit of... Um, double casting here. Bob Sweeney was Bob Cratchit. Christopher Cook was Tiny Tim. Sally Frazier was Belle and the Ghost of Christmas Past. Um, and um, there's some other people, including Bonnie and Judy Franklin. Oh, there's two. Okay. As Susan and Martha Cratchit. Bonnie Franklin, who 20 years later would be the mom in One Day at a Time. These are more like... Mm -mm. Okay. This show came out in 74? I'm thinking it was about then. All right. Okay, that's fine. But, yeah, that's the version we saw. I'd suggest you don't watch it because it blows. I did not um, think it was that bad. Uh, you were going to tell me what you thought of Spirited. Hang on one second. I'm, I'm off on another thing now. Well, you know, tangents are fine for conversations that we don't share with 17, the 17 people I'm who listen to, to us. Okay, One Day at a Time started in 1975, so I was close. Yeah, okay. I, um, I thought it was we early we 80s. We were probably both close. Um, anyway, um, as far as Spirited is concerned, mm -hmm. a few things. Mm -hmm. um, okay, Ryan Reynolds is beautiful, but he does not take himself too seriously. That is correct. That is a gold star. Yes. Will Ferrell is just this big, goofy, slobbering dog of a human being, okay. which is also a gold star. Okay. 
And Octavia Spencer is, I'm a fan. Mm -hmm. I love her mm -hmm. in anything she's in. Mm -hmm. And the fact that she can actually wail. The one ding I have for this whole thing mm -hmm. is just that her vocal powers were not really used to their fullest potential. Well, that is true. Her, 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 her songs did not maximize the talent that she actually possesses. Her, her role was more of a supporting variety. Well, it was. But she, even supporting, I mean, Fantine in Les Mis has that one, you know, bowl you over song okay. and Octavia Spencer's role didn't really have a bowl you over song well and okay I I don't disagree with you yeah um good and thank you uh I'll be allowed to live another day um the a tiny ding for Will Ferrell because there's a point where his character's essence changes Mm-hmm. And he becomes that Will Ferrell character that sort of a little bit goes a long way. Yeah. Um, and it was a little bit when he's too a, little bit. When he was earlier in the movie, he seems to be in, you know, control of his, you know, he, he seems to be a grown-up. Mm-hmm. And then... When this change occurs, it's like he regresses into that a child. Will Ferrell. Yeah, that Will Ferrell. Yeah. So, but it fortunately does not last long. Yeah. It's a teeny um, ding. Yeah. Um, and yes, the big song and dance numbers are reserved for Reynolds and Ferrell. Um, and, but she, she actually, I think, has the much more emotional song with The View From Here, both the, the first time we hear it, and then when she and Farrell sing it together. As an actor, yes. As a singer, not Well, it so wasn't much. challenging, no. No. And maybe she didn't want to have challenging songs. Well, I mean, I'm sure that they didn't write the show with these actors in mind. I'm sure that they wrote the show and then cast the actors. But, I mean, I don't know that for a fact. I'm just thinking about how how these things usually happen. Yeah. Um, but for, for the little tiny dings that I have, mm -hmm. um, I really loved it. I really loved it. Oh. And I didn't think it was too long, and I thought the production numbers were, were splashy and flashy mm. and um, dashing through the snow, dashy, all the things. Um, I just made that up just you're, now. You're very good, yeah. um, it, it was thoroughly entertaining. Um, now, one thing I found fascinating was that both uh, Farrell and Reynolds their salaries comprise over half the budget of the production budget. I'm not a bit surprised. Um, the budget they were they were both paid twenty million dollars according Jeez. according to Wikipedia. Um, the budget for the film was seventy five million dollars, and you got to assume Octavia Spencer didn't get twenty million. I'm thinking not. Um, and you got to you know. Tracy Morgan, who plays the voice of the ghost of Christmas Future. Brilliantly. Yes, very well. Um, you got to assume, since he wasn't even on screen except for the very end. Um, yeah, he, he was just in a booth somewhere. Yeah, he, he, he probably didn't make a whole bunch. And since the majority of the rest of the cast, with the exception of Rose Byrne, who is the first client we see redeemed... And and um, she's got three or four minutes yeah, on screen at the very beginning of the film. And then Dame Judi Dench does that walkthrough, may have done it for Union Minimum. Um, and uh, Jimmy Fallon, who, uh, you know, I can't imagine he... Raked got in a lot of dough. A whole bunch, not that he needs it. But, uh, yeah, 
the majority, I guess, of the production budget was probably spent on sets, on the CG, because there's a lot of CG that you don't see, but but it's in there. It, it's in there. Um, so it's set dressings, you know, all that stuff. So, um, yeah. And, and they released it in theaters for a limited run on the November 11th. They released it for a week. Okay. Kind of like what Netflix did with Glass Onion, which is the next movie, um, in the Knives Out series. Oh, okay. Um, but, you know, I, I don't think it was showing anywhere around here, so it was a very limited release. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really, this may become the next Christmas tradition. Oh, I, yeah, totally. Uh, to watch this every year. I'm with you. And, and to be honest, wouldn't mind watching it again. This Christmas. Yeah, sometime this this Christmas. This holiday season. Um, the, oh, uh, what do you give Spirited? Oh, um, five big shining honking Christmas trees. Yes, I, I, I give it five stars at the top of those Christmas trees as well. Rotten Tomatoes has it at 70%. Oh, um, wow. Uh, based on harsh. 104 critics' reviews. Um, the website consensus reads, Although it adds little to the long tradition of Dickens adapt- adaptations, uh, Spirited is so genially overstuffed that it's easy to at least intermittently enjoy. Well, I disagree with that. I enjoyed it start to finish. Well, I did too, and I think that it actually did. I mean, the, the twist that was added mm-hmm. was, was not one that I have seen before. So, well, no, and we've never seen it from this side of exactly of of, uh, of life or death. And I liked it. Yes, I did too. Metacritic, uh, which uses a weighted average, assigned the film a score of fifty-five out of a hundred, based on twenty-five critics indicating mixed or average reviews. Ouch. Yes, I I don't understand. Bunch of scrooges. Well, you know. Some folks, jaded people. They're yeah, just jaded people. They're they're looking for art and not entertainment as much. And you know, um, times and places for all the things. But I mean, I I I just disagree. I think they're just wrong and mean. Yeah. Well, you know. Um, so, Ebenezer not... McHateful. I'm not smart enough to, you know, be able to find all the little nitpicky things that a real critic would, but um, just I, often is is the movie entertaining? Can I follow the story? Um, does it insult my intelligence? And there are a lot of movies out there that do. Oh gosh. Um, and by the end of it, do I feel like? Well, in some movies, I feel. How do I feel at the end of it? And in this one, I felt good. Yeah. I was happy. I felt good all the way through. It was just a ton of fun. And, you know, if you don't like musicals, get over yourself. uh, Because this one is a lot of fun. There's a lot of humor in it as well. Oh, yeah. Uh, The inter-office politics uh, get brought up in it, too. And, uh, you know, it's... Oh, and the the ghost of... Christmas past had, had a little bit of a complication. There was, a, there was some HR issues with the ghost she, of Christmas Yeah, past. she's, yeah. Um, but um, overall, I, I think Spirited is just a terrific, fun holiday movie. Maybe for, you know, early teens and up, because there is a tiny bit of There's a little bit, bit of, of language. language. It, it's uh, they they hear worse at school. Oh yeah, um, so I think we both suggest that you watch uh, Spirited. It's on Apple TV Plus. Totally. And uh, if you aren't a subscriber to Apple TV Plus, you can get a free week when you sign up 
So watch Spirited and then cancel your subscription. It's real easy. <laughs> a lot of people do. Oh, I ho-ho-hoed. <laughs> just like Santa Claus. Well, not exactly. Like Holiday season. Just um, P.S. and by the way, um, because I ho-ho-hoed. Mm -hmm. um, this is the time of year when one of my cousins and one of her besties exchange ho-gifts. Okay. They have been doing it for years. It can be an embroidered pillow. It can be a coffee mug. It can be placemats, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but they always exchange things that say ho or ho, ho, ho mm. on them. Ah. It's a, you know, because it's the ho liday season. Mm -hmm. oh, oh, oh. So, yeah. So, just, is that it? Well, yeah, because, you know, tis the season for random ramblings from a crazy person like me. Um, so, tell me, what else have you been watching, reading, listening to, whatever? Um, finished the Library of Lost and Found by Phaedra Patrick. Very good. Highly recommend. Um, nothing supernatural in it, really. Mm. Um, but there's, there's the elements of family secrets that come into play. And the elements of um, hidden love and um, basically um, it was just a really good engaging story. Um, also, since I have finished that, I have started my next book, which is Commonwealth by Ann Patchett from 2016. Um, I read the first chapter last night after I went to bed, and the first chapter was long, but oh my gosh, was it jam-packed full of stuff. Mm. And um, the main conflict through the rest of the story is is put into place, and that, that ball gets rolling in that first chapter. Um, everything that I have read by Ann Patchett, I have loved. Um, with the exception of her breakout book, which was Bel Canto, which was her fourth novel, um, I started it several years ago and just couldn't really um, couldn't really get very far. So I'm thinking that after the first of the year, when I start, you know, kind of reading, doing my reading challenges and things again, I will give Bel Canto another shot. Now, that is the one that the movie we watched yes. is based on? Yes. The, okay. And the movie was just kind of, eh. Yeah, the movie was meh. Um, which surprises me because I love Julianne Moore. Um, well, she was poorly cast as an opera singer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... You know, anyway, um, so I, I think that after after the holidays, I will give Belcanto another shot. I feel like I owe it to myself um, to do that. Okay. Um, also, I started watching season three of American Crime Story. It's streaming on Hulu. Um, I believe that season three was last year, um, 20, 2021, I think, is when season three came out. So, um Anyway, season three is um, the one that is season, um, sorry, American Crime Story Impeachment. Yes. And it's about the Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky, Linda Tripp, um, Paula, Paula Jones, all of that, Michigas, late 90s. Mm -hmm. um, Kenneth Starr. Kenneth Starr craziness. Um, I've watched, I think, the first three episodes very good so far. That was one of those, it seems like something big always happens when we go on vacation. Yeah. Um, big tragic, big, you know, hopeful. Uh, in this particular instance, we were on a vacation that you did not enjoy uh, because of where we were staying. Well, looking back now, there's a certain amount of sentiment yeah. there. Okay. Uh, but uh, we were staying at one of those uh, roadside family hotels that oh th this was a motel there was no ho about this well a uh, motel a motor inn um that you see along used to see along the beach uh more frequently um in in places you know in florida or wherever um and you know it had cheap beds and a lot of um paneling for 
for the wall, wood paneling for the walls. And that was when um, Bill Clinton was deposed mm-hmm. and came up with this ridiculous, uh, it depends on what the what the meaning, meaning of the of word is, 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 is. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that was the thing that, the big thing that yeah. happened when we were on vacation that year. That year, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, uh, it's a, well, I won't say what a lot of people refer to it, but it was a tempest in a teapot. Um, yeah. I mean, they, what, what the investigation started out as was, their dealings with a uh, a real estate company called Whitewater. With Whitewater, yeah. And, and, and that has been referenced here. Yes. And it will get referenced more later. But in the course of that investigation, he does something extraordinarily stupid. And that becomes the focus of the investigation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, it's, it, it's just ridiculous. This is another Ryan Murphy Ryan Murphy um, franchise mm-hmm. um, of American horror story fame. Mm-hmm. Um, he started a few years ago with American Crime Stories, and you said that one of them was um, the O.J. Simpson case, mm-hmm. and the other one was what? The assassination of Gianni Versace. Gianni Versace. So um, I'm not really interested in either of those stories, Mm -hmm. either of those seasons. So I'm glad that I've started with this one and it's been really good so far. Um, Sarah Paulson is unrecognizable as Linda Tripp in the um, in the body padding that she wore in the wig, the huge glasses, the I think they may have um, done some prosthetics um, maybe on her face, but she, she does, you do not recognize her. Um, and, um, a little actress named Beanie Feldstein plays, um, Monica Lewinsky. Clive Owen plays, um, Bill Clinton. And while the physical resemblance is really not that much, Mm -hmm. um, he's got this kind of tood and swagger, that um, that I think as I watch more and see more of him on screen, um, he may win me over. Mm. So it's 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 interesting. We'll see. That was yeah. Him as Clinton was interesting casting. Yeah. But uh, anything else? Um, only just what I've watched with you. Okay. Well, one of the things that you and I watched was. Uh, a Netflix documentary called Crime Scene, Texas Killing Fields, where over the course of 10 or 15 years from the 70s to into the 80s, bodies or the skeletal remains Pieces of bodies. were found in this one relatively small area of Texas. Um... Uh, in this small town and you know people from that small town were disappearing and then you know years later uh, a couple of the skeletal remains were identified as these uh, young women and it was all young women uh, who had gone missing Um, there the, the local police department did not seem to be very interested in um, actually investigating these cases. Uh, they actually, they actively, um, you know, persuaded the parents of these missing young women not to contact each other. Um, because they were, I guess, afraid it would get out that uh, there might be a serial killer in their neighborhood, um, and they didn't want to, A, start a panic, but also, B, really have to do anything. Yeah. Um, Mostly B. We, we watched something not long ago uh, that talked about uh, police officers who are uh, ROD retired on duty, mm. and they they're just they're just there to collect the check and their pension, and then to get out. Um, and and I don't know that that is the case here, but 
certainly seems like they did not care that yeah. several women had gone missing from their community. And it was uh, not just in this small Texas community. It also uh, may have involved some missing women in the Houston area all the way down to, Cal to Galveston. Um, it's, uh, it's a sad and, and depressing kind of documentary, but at least... You know, you have a hero in it, which who is the father of one of the young women. Oh, yeah. Who has uh, not only worked decades to try to find out who killed his daughter, but he now um, leads people on horseback to go searching for missing people and remains. Mm -hmm. um, and he has helped bring closure which is a word I hate, but it's the one that yeah. fits, to, um, to families who have um, gone through the horror of a, uh, a loved one going missing, and he has, he has helped them bring their loved ones home. Yeah. Not the way they wanted, but... But at least they have some at least, answers. At least they know. So, it is... Uh, it is, a, a, I thought it was a fascinating look at this investigation. It really was. Uh, it's called Crime Scene, Texas Killing Fields, and it is on Netflix. Also on Netflix, I've watched the first episode of Wednesday, which is the um, Adams Family um, series that um, Tim Burton is producing. He also directed the pilot episode. And he, uh, and it's, you know, it's following Wednesday as she goes to this uh, boarding school where uh, Gomez and Morticia went, um, where they met. And um, she, uh, Wednesday is in her teens. She is angry. She is dark. She wants to break free. Uh, of the constraints of her family life. Um, she wants basically to be left alone, to write her overwrought... Um, um, her super angsty uh, her stuff. overwrought uh, novels and to play her cello. Um, and she goes off to this boarding school where she stumbles into some sort of... Um, conspiracy that may involve her and the destruction of the school. There's also some kind of bug-eyed monster running around in the woods killing people. Um, and uh, Wednesday has developed the ability that when she touches someone, either bumps into them uh, in a crowd or, um, you know, whatever, that she gets a flash of their immediate future. Ooh. Um, Interesting. She sees um, uh, a guy that is carrying, I guess, apples um, in town, and um, she sees that he's going to be in a car wreck. Uh, and then when she winds up being taken back to the school uh, by the principal, um, sh they drive past the wreck. And she knows that the guy's in there dead with a broken neck, mm. even though she can't see him because she saw him in her vision. Yeah. She has two or three of these over the course of the first episode. And it, of course, is leading us to the big story uh, that she probably will be involved in um, making either come true or prevent from happening. Just depends on what her mood is. Mm. I I've enjoyed it. Uh, I enjoyed the first episode quite a bit. Um, it's got very dark humor. Uh, the young woman who plays Wednesday is... Uh, the character is intimidating, and she is very good at maintaining that intimidation. Um, and she's, she's going... I, I can tell that the rest of the series will... will uh, 
probably live up to that first episode. So, uh, granted, this is more of a Halloween thing than a Christmas thing, but I've enjoyed the first episode of Wednesday that you can watch on Netflix. Are they dropping those a week at a time? All of them are on there. They all dropped at the same time. Okay, so you can binge it if you want to. Yes. Super binge. Each episode is about 45 minutes, um, and it um, there are eight total episodes, I believe. Okay. So, anything else from you? No. Next week is your turn. Mm-hmm. You know what we're going to watch? Oh, no. Well, I know what we're watching in two weeks. Oh, wow. We, when the next time it comes back around to me, will be watching A Christmas Story Christmas, which is the okay. sequel to A Christmas Story. Ralphie grew uh, up. Ralphie grows up Aww. and goes back home to celebrate Christmas with his mother uh, in their family home, and he is not looking forward to it. Mm. So that'll be in two weeks, and then whatever it is you pick for next week. Uh, so thank you very much for listening to Comedy Tragedy Marriage. We've noticed a little bump in the number of downloads, Aww. and we appreciate that so much. Please share us with your friends on social media. Go to uh, iTunes or um, Spotify and give us five stars. Um, I don't know if you can give us any stars on Amazon Music, uh, but um, you know whatever social plat, whatever platform you listen to the podcast on please give us a subscribe like rate and review that helps other people find us and um, you know if you like what we do you know share us with your friends and if you hate what we do share them with the people you don't like it's fine uh if you have a suggestion for something for us to watch uh, on comedy tragedy marriage it's real simple to get that to us send us an email with the name of what it is you want us to watch and why you think we should watch it, send that to comedytragedymarriage at gmail.com uh, or you can leave us a voice message by clicking the link in the description of this episode. I'm Stan the Movie Man. That is Mod the Movie Broad. Love you. Love you. And until next time. Later. Later. Yay!